friends. <laughs> Here we are. Breakfast Club meets Desert Island Discs. I'm very excited to speak to you all and hear everyone's lists. I've heard two lists so far, and if those two are anything to go by, it's going to be an eclectic mix. And also, hopefully, we'll just learn a little bit more about each other. The first castaway and guinea pig of this series is the other fitter, undoubtedly more girly and definitely scrappier half <laughs> of Tana's yard, Ruth. Born in Shropshire, Ruth danced all her young life as well as acing gymnastics, plus was part of the Young Ornithologists <laughs> Club, among <laughs> other things. She then met dance and gym at a crossroads where she had to decide on which route she's going to focus on. And luckily for us all, she tapped, twirled and split leaped her way down the path that led her to London Studio Centre at just 16 years old. She completed her degree in jazz with her sights firmly set on being on MTV mm. with the likes of NSYNC. Mm -hmm. However, an ankle injury meant Justin et al. were put on hold. This didn't stop Rue auditioning though and making her five-year-old self's dreams come true. She landed a job at Disneyland Paris. Enter the rest of the group. <laughs> Fast forward a few years, a few dodgy boyfriends, a couple of dodgy jobs, but all providing us with some brilliant stories. We are here in Tana's yard. Rue, thanks for being the first castaway. <laughs> thanks for having me and what an incredible intro. <laughs> Sorry, I was laughing over it, but really I had not seen that and I wasn't <laughs> expecting it. So I really appreciate that hype. That's nice. <laughs> so we have known each other 12 years, lived no. together for six. Could you pick? A standout memory or moment from living here in TY? There's just too many, I think. I mean, currently, we're having a lot of memories being made due to quarantine, which I never thought would happen. There's some, like, really magical things, like, happening with, like, neighbourly friendships, and it's so, so cool. I mean, monumentally, I guess we have to go to the Christmas parties, because I feel like they're just the best thing ever because I get to wear a costume, I get to have glitter and all the best people are here, including obviously the Breakfast Club. Yeah. But it just feels like it's like such a wonderful collection of your friends, my friends, our friends. And I feel like that's what Tanner's Yard stands for. It's the amount of people that have been here, we've been shoulders to cry on and I feel like Tanner's Yard is always open to everyone and Christmas represents that. Okay, so you mentioned quarantine. Mm. That's prompted this whole thing, the fact that we're in quarantine. Want to know more about our pals, let's do this. So how have you found it week four? I mean, refreshingly fine. And I, I feel really terrible because I know a lot of people are having maybe a difficult time. I've had a few days where I felt a little bit low, but it's, again, quite difficult to feel low in Tanner's Yard <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like... On the daily basis, my stomach hurts from laughing. So, like, I know how blessed I am. I have to work my normal job, which quite inconvenient, if I'm honest. But again, I do appreciate that. I'm blessed that I have that. But also, I have my um, my new Tanner's Yard workouts, which my very own Chris Jenner, aka the host of the show. Hiya. She's really, really flogging me to the neighbours. And now it's, like, becoming a really amazing thing. So... Quarantine has been good for my introverted, extrovert personality. And we've all either been watching your workouts, been doing the workouts, shout out Lulu and Waz and Laws and everyone else. And so what is that, what's that whole thing actually been like? Like the fact that you 
wanted to be a PT. You trained to be a PT, you did your exams and whatnot, and then basically in the space of like four weeks have now got regular classes, a side hustle <laughs> job, and then something else that might be coming out. Yeah. Which you can talk about. <laughs> so without you, it wouldn't have happened. And I feel <laughs> like I did say, I was like, if I ever make it, and I don't know what it means, but... I wouldn't have pushed myself. And we had this conversation about you and a job and you said it's almost like you just need someone to do the initial bit because it's really like terrifying to put yourself out there. I'd never done an Insta live because what am I going to do a live about? Me sat in watching a murder documentary, probably not interesting for other people. And I went from passing an exam to the next day teaching like eight strangers a workout (laughs) class. Plus, I don't know, 20 people that watched it on my Insta. It was really, really nerve wracking because also I've never done it and I didn't know what I was doing and I was freestyling. But now it's, yeah, it's kind of like morphed into this really nice community. It has sparked my side hustle. So I'm now doing a PT online Zoom workout every Monday night for paying clients, which is bonkers. It's also for charity, which is really lovely. So that came about through my Insta Live. And then from that, because it's a charity event that we're doing every week, we're giving money to homeless shelters and also to people who can't afford food at the moment. So these workouts are me like learning a skill, which is great for me, but then people are getting food from it, which is incredible. The guys are running it were asked by Glamour magazine if they could do a feature on them. So I might be featured in Glamour magazine (laughs) because they asked for my picture. So they want to like promote the PTs that have been helping them to give back. All because of Hillary screaming at the neighbours from our balcony. (laughs) (laughs) They love it. They do love it now. The disclaimer, the neighbours have asked for it three times a week. Busy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's get into the music. Tell everyone about your first track. So Dance on the Ceiling, ultimately, it's a banger. We can't deny that. You play it, you can't help but tap that toe. Also, my mum, when I was very little, was a stay-at-home mum and had a lot of housework. And her go-to record, so she'd get the my dad's record player out, she'd put Lionel on. So I spent my childhood, my brothers were quite a bit older than me, so it was just me and my mum. And she'd do the ironing. I had a little plastic ironing board and iron. So she would do the real ironing and I would fake iron next to her and we'd listen to Lionel. And so I feel like when I hear it, it makes me happy. It also makes me laugh, but it makes me happy and it makes me think of my mum.
right, we can't help but dance to that. We were concerned. I mean, short. I'm out of breath, and I'm, I didn't even stand up. So can you imagine when I'm on that desert island? It was the first one. That was brilliant. And I just feel like there's going to be days where you really need to be uplifted, and even if it didn't remind me of my mum or, you know, if it wasn't, like, sentimental, you just can't help but, like, feel good about it and you smile. And I feel like there's going to be times on the island you need to smile. You're so right. And I just <laughs> love the image as we were, like, dancing of you like that. With a plastic iron and just ironing board. <laughs> she'd give me my dad's hanky because I didn't need ironing. Mm. So she'd be doing the real ironing and I was thinking I was really important doing my ironing. <laughs> so. Song two. Right, this is... A little bit off-piste, but it's Nobody to Love by Sigma. Now, not really my genre of music, typically. One of my best friends, Lily, I've known her since I was probably 18 or 19. So she's seen me through a couple of very dodgy boyfriends, as most of you have. After one of the most recent ones, we were on holiday. We go on wonderful holidays together and we sit on beaches and we drink rum and we end up having real big heart-to-hearts. And she said, oh, this song came on my shuffle and it, it made me think of you. And she started playing it and I was like, oh, it's like a dance track. This is weird. But then the words, and I'm big on lyrics, and the words were so sweet. And she was just like, I know that you're so tired of like looking for love and she just felt like I'd been constantly like giving love. <clears throat> I'm not getting emotional and I don't have coronavirus, by the way. Just had a, just had a cough. <laughs> uh, she said I'd been giving love and she knew I was tired by it and to like carry on because I was like, I'm done. I can't do it again. My heart's in a million pieces. And then it just kind of followed us as a song and we'd be somewhere else like obscure in some guy's car in Bali, some, like, taxi. And the song would come on. And we were like, oh, my God, it's that song. And then we'd be in a workout class and we'd be on a treadmill and it'd be like, I know, you're tired. I was like, the song again. And so it was like, it became, like, it followed us. So, again, it would remind me of her and it would remind me of times where I felt like love is pointless and difficult and hard, but that also you can still have a bit of a bop to it. So, and I feel again, if I'm on the island on my own, I might just need to be dancing a lot. What else am I going to do? Just think. <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> I know you're tired of loving, of loving with nobody to love. I'm tired again because I really had a good old dance to that one as well. <laughs> we always have this discussion. Mm. You're a lyrics person. Mm. And 
I, like, one in ten will hear a lyric in a song. I'm all about the tune and whether mm. someone's going for it, going for the big notes Yeah, or not. we're big, we're different on that. Why do you always tune into the lyrics? I think, number one, I can't sing, so I'm not listening for notes. And I just think it's almost, I mean, maybe like poetry. I grew up, I was that child who you would get a cassette back in the day and it would have the words in it and I'd really want to know the words and then I remember kind of being really little being like why are songs always about love and my mum was like oh you'll understand one day and I was like I mean I still don't but anyway she was like it's because that's how everyone feels and then the older you get you're like I want someone to write a song about me like this I mean maybe not nobody to love (laughs) It's it's probably not the kind of song you want written about you but yeah, I just really like zone in on them and then like actually leading us on to our next song. This, song number three. Yeah, song number three. So this songwriter, he is one of my ultimate humans in life because of his talent for songwriting. And I had a really long time to think about my Desert Island Discs. I've been thinking about it for almost a year. Before you had this idea, I started it for myself because I wanted to like think about what I would do. So obviously I had John Mayer on here. But for the life of me, I didn't know which song because I feel like I love them all and I'm, you know, a super fan who went to see him in concert on my own. But yeah, John Mayer is my, ne- is my third track and I've gone with Back To You in my life. I always go back to John Mayer. Not when I'm necessarily heartbroken, but when I just need almost like the comfort of familiarity of it. And I hear every intro and I know what's coming and I think he's such a beautiful songwriter it took me a very long time to pick a song i was toying between i mean he's got some classics but they're all like a little bit overplayed for me so i was toying between saint patrick's day i know there's some john Mayer fans listening so also great indoors fucking love um but yeah back to you just feels like again if i listened to it on my desert island it wouldn't make me so Full of sorrow which some of his songs are a bit too like heavy hitting it does remind me of an ex because we famously had nothing in common apart from like four things and one was John Mayer but not in a way of being sad and it's, a, it's just beautifully written and it's nice to listen to and the sun could be setting on my desert island and I could just put it on and be like oh yeah it always came back around to John so <laughs> So good at forgetting And I quit 
film, like you're looking out, is like, are you completely in a different, do you see yourself in like a, another time in your <clears> life? A little bit, but it's almost just like, I'm so immersed in it. Like I do have like, memories of people in it wow this is gonna sound super deep but it's kind of like all of the guys who you just wished it worked with and you're like oh like you you hear it and you think of maybe all those like lovely romantic film moments that you've had in your life all the rose tinted sunshine covered versions of so I think probably there but not necessarily with like a particular person it's just almost that lovey dovey it's probably as close as I'll get to being romantic it's like when I listen to John Mayer I'm like oh my god yeah it is like a Hollywood film well that's how it makes you feel like I find him so romantic Mm. it's almost unless you're at peace with like the relationship you're in or this relationship status you're in definitely if you're not listening to him will tip you over the bloody edge yeah i can't deal with it sometimes i'm like oh god but i'll be on my own so i oh, i'll yeah. be at peace because i'll be on my own uh, there's I, there'll be no option of a romance there right so i can just wistfully remember all the wonderful ones and they weren't wonderful but my brain will be like wasn't that great when that happened because that's how clever we are next one i just love this song and i feel like if i couldn't hear this for the rest of my life it would make me sad so it's fronting by n-e-r-d no one ever really dies that's what it stands for yes I did not know that no one ever really dies okay so again I mean, the lyrics are great. It's featuring Jay-Z, who I'd have felt really bad if in my list I hadn't had just like a little bit, just a little bit of spice. Because a lot of my list, it's not, it's not spicy. And I was like, "Mm, I'm doing myself a disservice here. But just absolutely love this song. And the intro, uh, like it makes me automatically happy in the first like five seconds of hearing it. And I feel again, I'm probably going to need a little bit of happiness on my desert island. Sexy. Okay, Don't wanna sound full of myself a room, but you ain't looking at no other dudes. Cause you love me. I'm sorry, baby. So sexy. So you think about a chance. You find yourself trying to do my dance. Maybe cause you love me. tune and I figured if there's a way of me like by the time I'm almost desert island if I've been there a while you know like Tom Hanks had Wilson if I can find a way of like fermenting something to make alcohol then the skank face I'll have when I'm dancing drunk to front in on my own on my own <laughs> next oh okay next so it's called big my secret 
and it's by Michael Nyman. It stems back to when I was at college. So I really fell out of love with dancing quite quickly and I kind of felt like I didn't want to do it and I didn't really know particularly ballet and I was really forced into ballet by my mum and (laughs) she adores it and I loved it as a child but I felt like I was doing it for her so I really fell out of love with it and I kind of was a bit rebellious and I just kind of was at the back dicking around and we used to have a live pianist every day for our ballet class Monday to Thursday it was always some fucking dinosaur playing like I don't know some classical stuff and then Fridays this guy would come and work and we had a certain ballet teacher on a Friday that was a bit more chill and then we had this pianist who would come and he'd play like the soundtrack from Indiana Jones and like E.T. and like you've like doing like plies to Titanic theme tune and it was like kind of cool and nice and then he played this song when we were a stretch and afterwards I went over and asked him what is it found out went and bought the CD from HMV because that's how old I am and then every Friday he would come and he would look at me and like give me a little smile and he'd play it and it made me feel so in love again with ballet purely through one song and it didn't feel stuffy and like stuck up which is what I hate about ballet because it's just not who I am and it really is something which this would probably make me emotional on a desert island I've got a lot of bad memories from college I feel like I was probably too young to move to London and I kind of had some really low points of my life there but this song is kind of a release and it's absolutely beautiful classical piece of music and it makes me want to dance still when I hear it and it makes me think of enjoying dancing which as I said, I I lost a lot of enjoyment, so... And do you think if you hadn't been pushed into doing ballet, you would have found it naturally and enjoyed it more naturally? Potentially. I think it was that thing of where you show, like, a talent in something at a young age, so then you're really encouraged, but then actually, like, you kind of find enjoyment in other things. Like, I really wanted to do backing dancer kind of dancing or maybe musicals, but I can't sing. But, like, I wasn't built for ballet mentally because it's so strict and I'm a little bit scrappy as my intro said and it just I was really encouraged and it wasn't really my vibe but this song is beautiful Michael Nyman and Big My Secret. What you guys couldn't see was Ruth doing full choreo. (laughs) 
during that that song <laughs> and saying that you would have all the all the turtles all the animal wildlife should line them up force them into an, some sort of structured audience to watch her draw faces on coconut to watch her go <laughs> but do you reckon you could still whip out a full routine to that? i mean i'd give it a good go i'd give it a good go my hamstrings are not as flexible as they used to be. <laughs> Again, I'd have a lot of time to stretch on the island. I actually think I'd do okay on this island. Isolation is proving I'm quite good at spending time on my own. <laughs> no, I'm with you. But, you know, I think I'd be okay. You thought this through. Deeply. <laughs> next song. Right, next song. I thought really again for a long time about this one. So again, I had the artist on the list straight away. So as with John Mayer went on. Stevie. He was straight on there. Mainly because he's so iconic in my life. So again, we had the LP, the Stevie LP. So my mum and dad would listen to that or we would listen to it and get told off for touching the records. And then just as like throughout my whole life, I've just loved his music. And I think everyone in the Breakfast Club is also, I think he's just, it's so feel good. So I chose the song after much deliberation, Do I Do. I mean, it's not sentimental lyric-wise, it's just an incredible song. Stevie, also, I was actually with Lauren from The Breakfast Club. We went to see Stevie at Hyde Park, and I had been through a really bad breakup, and I'd spent a lot of time kind of finding myself again after it. And he had really damaged me in a lot of ways. And I was with Lauren and we were at Stevie and he was singing and it was the sun was shining. And I turned to Lauren and I said, I feel happy. And it was genuinely the first time I'd felt any emotion other than like grief, I guess, in, I don't know, six months or a year. Like it, it would it had genuinely been so long and it was this absolutely life-changing, that's very dramatic, but it was just like a turning point in my life of fuck. I remember how to feel happy again. When I see you on the street, my whole body gets weak. When you're standing in the crowd, you love dogs to me so loud. Girl, do I do what I do, Stevie Wonder. I think Stevie is a bit of a common thread between almost all of us mm-hmm. in this group. Like we have, we are all well, the majority of such Stevie fans. We've all seen him at various points, which is unusual, really, for our age. Because I had this actually that exact concert with Lauren when a woman turned around and we were singing, and she was quite a bit older than us, and said. How do you two know the words? You're so young. And bearing in mind, we would have been early 20s, I want to say. But yeah, we would have been quite young for somebody, I guess, who's 50-something to turn and be like, why do these two girls know this? But I guess that's a sign of a great artist because it's generationally not aged. Like, we all can appreciate the talent and the joy it brings. That relationship pre-Stevie, would you say that was a big change in your life like did it change you as a person totally and oddly I was with him at Disney 
So when I first met all of you guys, we were together. Then I came back from Disney. And oddly, I think Disney helped me in that I learned to be me again at Disney. As in, I was just myself and I'd met friends. And and then I came back and I think that was probably the catalyst of things changing because... I was then a little bit changed, probably more confident because I'd been allowed to kind of be myself for a, a few months. And so it was a real sort of turning point, but that really changed me and it has taken a lot of time to undo a lot of that. And people who know me well will know there's probably still demons, maybe that's a too harsh a word, but there's still some underlying past. But every day that like we move forward is a day that you move away from that. But yeah, that moment that in the park, that happiness, it was suddenly like I started life again because I feel like my life was on hold for like five years and I didn't realise at the time because you don't and you're in it and it changed it changed me in so many ways. Some are not good but I'm a working woman and some are for the best. And because I met all you guys, it meant I could leave and become happier. So final song. Final song. It is Sitting on the Dock of the Bay by my G, Otis Redding. This song is just so beautiful. And I feel like every beautiful, amazing holiday I've been lucky enough to go on and I've been on some incredible trips and to some beautiful beaches and I've sat usually with a rum in my hand and I've watched the waves and the ocean and I've just heard this in my head like it is literally on a like loop in my brain so whenever I'm in front of an ocean whenever the sun's setting I hear this song so I feel like when I'm watching the waves and when I'm feeling the sun on my skin and when I've got freckles and I've you know got my friends that are coconuts with faces drawn on them I'm going to want to hear it for real because as an artist, Otis Redding is timeless and this song is absolutely stunning. Gorgeous. Big hype for Otis. Sitting in the morning sun I'll be sitting when the evening comes Watching the ships roll in And then I'll watch them roll away again Yeah I'm sitting on the dock of the bay Watching the tide roll away Ooh, I'm just sitting on the dock of the bay Wasting time I left my home in Georgia Headed for the Frisco Bay Cause I've had nothing to live for and look like nothing's gonna come my way so i'm just gonna sit on the dock of the bay watching the tide roll away Ooh, i could totally like look at the clouds the and just listen to that and just you're on the beach like i'm with you yeah on the island it's it honestly if it ever comes on like shuffle when I'm, you know, on the commute on the central line, you're not on the central line anymore. Like you're on, it's you're on a beach. You can feel that, like when your skin's got like sea salt skin feeling, and and yeah, it's just so beautiful. I think it's actually a sad song if you listen to the lyrics, but I see the good in it and the positive in it. I don't see the sadness. 
if it's any consolation, I can tell you the first line of the song because it's in the title and the rest of it. I, I don't care. I can just hear his lovely voice. <laughs> but it's not just going to be you and the discs. I am going to give you an encyclopedia to take with you so Buzzing. that you never will go hungry for info. Can it be one that has the phonetical spelling though, but next to it? Okay. So I can know how to pronounce it. Okay. Because otherwise I'll be doing all sorts of pronunciations. <laughs> I'm going to give you a world map so that you, although you are alone, mm. you are not alone on the earth. So you will never actually feel lonely. Got it. I mean, a little bit depressing because I will be, in my eyes, I'm stuck on my island. Yeah. And then the final thing you can take is your luxury item. Now, this has been a problem for you. <laughs> We've had lengthy discussions about the ins and outs of the item and... It has been a real problem. Now, initially I was like, ooh, could I sneak in another song as a luxury item? You know, you're Stormzy or maybe a Kanye. But no, I know I'm not allowed that. Then I went down the route of Diet Coke. <laughs> because it's so basic, bitch. But I bloody love a Diet Coke. And I've got one other option. And I've really thought about it long and hard. And I, mean, I can only have one option. I know, but you'll have to tell me which one I'm allowed. Okay. So I'm, I'm either allowed the Diet Coke, an unlimited supply of, but how do I keep it cold? See, there's lots of issues with these things. Now, the only thing I could come up with that had no issues, and believe me, I've laid awake thinking about this, I would like to make a photo album of all of my nearest and dearest. So when I'm looking at my photo album, I can remember what a wonderful life I've had and what amazing people have been in my life. So my family, my friends, I listen to songs that most of them resonate with me about various friends and I'd look at pictures and I'd be like, do you know what? We had a fucking great time and I've been so fucking lucky. And if I die on my desert island, which I don't want to be morbid, but guys, I don't know how long I can survive for. If I die, I had a fucking great life with amazing people. Next up, it's Wazzy's turn. It's going to be a good one. Thanks for listening. Uh-oh.